I knew there was a reason the left kept saying that math is racist. I hate to say it, but I told you so. I just didn't think it would happen this fast. Biden is getting thrown under the bus by his own staff, rightly so. And dude, they're just movies. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, well, I got some good news for you. I got my passport. Actually, I didn't get my passport. I was approved for my passport. Now I got to wait another three weeks to actually get my passport. Now, let me give you a little background on this. Yeah, this is going to be longer episodes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just talk. I'm not going to worry about the half-hour time limit Dave stuck on me, but I, the reason I wanted my passport is back in back in May I was supposed to go to Mexico to a uh, to a fantastic resort, and I didn't go to the resort. We ended up not going to the resort, not because I didn't get my passport on time, but because I didn't have the money because I had to pay taxes. So I pay taxes. I didn't have a lot of money. I really didn't want to go to Mexico when I didn't have any money. And I know I missed a great time. I mean, I, we got a resort. I kid you not, we got a place that actually had a jacuzzi in the room. We were 75, 100 feet from the freaking beach. But I didn't get my passport. So I applied for my passport back in April. And then I spent an extra $200 to get my passport expediated, which, by the way, I'm not going to see. That's gone. I'm, it's six months, and I still don't have my passport. I won't get it till mid-October. Um, but, okay. I even called them, and then, you know, they said, oh, because of COVID, we may not be able to answer, and then I'd get a busy signal. So they weren't even picking things up. But I find it ironic that I actually paid extra money to get an expediated passport, and then... I had to pay, the reason I didn't end up going to Mexico was because I had to pay taxes. It seems like I'm just giving money left and right to the government, and the government can't even give me something as simple as an idea. I, I mean, we're not talking. I was asking for a visa to frickin' um, Luxembourg or you know, Kazakhstan or anything, I, or the Soviet Union or Russia or something. I was just asking... For an ID that said I'm an American citizen and I can... Of course, we see how the United States deals with American citizens. We're going to talk about that later. So, I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, I did get my... I finally got approved for my passport. They already told me. And then, you know, they had the audacity in my acceptance notification to sit there and say, it's expediated. And if you're leaving tomorrow... No, I was leaving... Six months ago, I was leaving in a month, and now it's six months later, and now you're telling me it's going to be another month, but you're saying, oh, if it's expediated. My God. If you ever believe one thing, the government does nothing right. No government does anything right. I mean, go to the DMV. Here, I, I just want a passport. All it's, I mean, the damn thing, all it would have is my name and my picture maybe my address oh so embarrassing so so far here's the story we had ordered six passports two for me the card and the book two for Josie's daughter a card and a book 
and two for Josie's other daughter, a card and a book. So that's six passports. We've gotten one passport. It was the book. uh, uh, Josie's oldest daughter got a book. She didn't get her card yet. They said, it's coming. Um, Josie's youngest daughter didn't get anything because of some sort of administrative snafu. And I got nothing. So in six months, six, seven hundred dollars later, expediated. Yeah, nothing. And I'm sure we know what it's about. It's the State Department is so busy dealing with so many other disasters. They just said, hey, uh, you're just going to have to wait. Really just. Ugh. But I did get it. So yay me. I can go to Mexico now, even though I no plans to actually go to Mexico. But hey, I even told Josie today, I said, let's go to Mexico, see your brothers or something. Because my Josie, Josie has a green card. She doesn't, she's not an American citizen. So she can jump back and forth on the border. It's not a big deal for her. Me, I basically get erased, get arrested, get sodomized by a broomstick, all that stuff to make sure, you know, I am an American citizen, even though I don't speak a lick of Spanish. And I, I trust me, I couldn't be any more European if I needed to be. Anyway, so let's get to the news. Remember we had a podcast where we talked about math is being racist. I think it was a couple of months ago. And, you know, that's because they don't want, they think that getting the right answer is like white supremacy. Showing your work is white supremacy. And we needed to make math more equitable. Well, now I know why they actually did that. Apparently, uh, the narrative for this $3.5 trillion package that the Biden administration wants to push. And by the way, that 3.5 million package is close, a trillion, excuse me, trillion, is actually closer to $5.5 trillion. Is gonna actually cost, guess what? Zero. Everyone is pushing this now. That That's the new narrative. Now that narrative is short-lived and I don't think people are buying it. But let's hear a little quick montage about everyone talking about this uh, $3.5 trillion, which is $5.5 trillion package, not going to cost the Americans anything. Listen. It is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying. We're going to pay for everything we spend. It's going to be zero. This is a $0 bill because it's going to be completely paid for. This package. The reconciliation package would cost zero dollars. This is all over the place right now. And it is one of the craziest things I've ever heard because it defies all logic. Well, it doesn't defy logic. It's just a flat out lie. But here's the thing. Because old Joe and Jen Psaki say it, suddenly all the leftist House representatives are saying it. MSNBC is saying it. CNN is saying it. It's like these guys got the script. Okay, so... What is what is it that Biden is actually thinking? Okay, so all Joe, and this is gaslighting. This is pure lies. It's all it is. So here's what they're thinking. They're thinking that this tax bill will come out where he will raise taxes on supposedly anyone earning $400,000 or more. And he thinks that the taxes that he steals from all the rich people and the corporations and there's an assorted other places like nicotine tax 
and uh, there's actually a mileage tax they're looking at, at applying. So you drive your car over a certain miles a month, a, a week, you have to pay taxes on that. It, it, it's not a little tax. It's like 10 cents per mile. Okay, that this will cover this 10-year bill because this $3.5 trillion bill, which is $5.5 trillion, will be paid off in 10 years. And the bill is supposed to last 10 years. Therefore, we won't be any adding anything to the national debt, and therefore, it will cost zero. Now, as you might see being a consumer, because I don't know, you've probably actually gone out and had to buy, I don't know, food, and food doesn't cost zero, there are some problems with this. First, this bill is going to cost $3.5 trillion and probably $5.5 trillion, no matter what. The government doesn't have any money. Here's the whole thing. The government has an income of zero. They just steal our money. They don't make anything. They don't create anything. They don't do anything. So to sit back and say that the government is going to make it, that they, and by the way, look at my passport. Yeah, the government's going to do everything right here. They have to take that money from somebody. I find it amazing income tax Income tax was supposed to be, back in the 1900s, income tax was supposed to be temporary. Now we're getting like 60% of our, our pay taken away for it. So it's going to cost $3.5 trillion. Just because the government decides to balance it out doesn't... That's like you getting a credit card, by the way. And you buying a, you buying a um, I don't know, a refrigerator off that credit card? And then you paying off that credit card? That's like you saying, well, the refrigerator cost me zero. No, it didn't. It cost you the same amount plus the interest you had to pay on the credit card. It's insane. The rich, even though, even if you take all the money away from the rich, this still will not add up to $3.5 trillion it, it, over 10 years. It's not going to happen. Jeff Bezos does not make $3.5 trillion. Bill Gates does not make $3.5 trillion. The tax bill states that this will be taken care of in 10 years. But their tax plan recovers that money in 15 years at the least. So right off the bat, their tax plan that they're saying will pay off this bill ain't going to pay off this bill. And I'm so sick and tired, and I, I, I'm so sick and tired, by the way, of hearing how the rich don't pay off their, pay their taxes. Yes, they do. 50%, and I'm not one of them. 50, the top 50% of earners pay all of the net taxes. The lowest 20% of earners pay 0% net taxes. What does that mean? It means, yes, I pay taxes throughout the year, but at the end of the year, I get that money back. That's net taxes. So I had net pay 0% taxes. I believe someone earning something like, I think it's $25,000 a year, actually pays like 1% to 2% taxes at the end of the time, at the end of when all's counted. Again, that takes math, and Democrats think math is racist, so... You have to take that. The rich already pay their taxes. 
The bill also said, also the bill, again, is not $3.5 trillion, it's $5.5 trillion. I think I said $4.2 trillion at once, but the CBO says, no, it's probably going to cost about $5.5 trillion, and then you still have to throw on top of that $1.2 trillion. And by the way, they sit back and say it's, it's not going to tax anybody earn, earning under $400,000. That's just a lie. Someone earning under four hundred, they, they they want to include a nicotine tax. They want to include a mileage tax on your car. It is, and then not to mention, if you're taxing, let's say Amazon, what's Amazon gonna do? They're either gonna lay workers off and hire new workers for lower rates, or they're gonna stop innovating. It's gonna kill the economy. This is insane. Now, Nancy Pelosi had a better position on this. And she's tried this before. This is called the Obamacare Jedi mind trick. And she and Jedi, by the way, is racist. But we'll talk about that later. That's why this episode is going to go longer. And Dave's just going to have to listen to it over two days or something. Um, she said that we shouldn't worry about the money. We should just ignore the money and look at all the benefits. Now, she could barely get through that statement. I'm not sure whether she couldn't get through the statement because it was such an idiotic statement. She can't believe she was saying it. Or she couldn't get through the statement because her dentures were falling out. Yeah, You listen and you tell me. Let's see what our value... Let's not talk about numbers let's, and dollars. Let's talk about values. Something that might violate the bird rule or provisions of privilege, whatever that is. And that's a... a, a, a it's, it's not just... Um, we have some... Uh, shall we say, bird bath pr privilege, you know, kinds of things. How 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 much in agreement are we on that? So that adding up what our priorities are should take us to a number. The 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 does Nancy sound really comfortable with the BS she's actually trying to peddle? It's not about the money. Forget about the numbers. Now again, she pulled that same crap. Hey, we're not going to know about Obamacare until we pass it. And then we'll see what it does. And it ended up being a complete failure. She can't even get through her own statement with a straight face or a clear sentence. But, believe it or not, it makes more sense than Joe's BS. I mean, at least she's not saying, oh no, it's going to cost nothing. I mean, come on. Um, here's the thing. People are beginning to say, huh? Even there, Even the media is not pushing this zero dollars crap that that biden's pushing the and the media is pushing they're, they're not doing that anymore so here's what's happening they're voting for this budget bill probably and the infrastructure bill this week right now my understanding is probably thursday tomorrow bernie sanders has already said he's not going to pass the quote bipartisan end quote infrastructure bill unless this 3.5 trillion dollar bill is passed so already it's in trouble it's in major trouble in the Senate. It's probably not going to get through the Senate. The debt ceiling is set to hit this week, Friday. This could shut the government down and we could end up defaulting on loans. Now, more than likely, the loans that they're going to default on are the ones that are from bonds. The stock market has been going absolutely crazy right now. It's down five, 600 points a day, then up 90 points a day. Uh, so this is all because they really don't know what's happening. 
The government shutting down, I, I really don't think is that big of a deal. I think it's kind of irrelevant. Who cares? Um, they, they're trying to make it into a big stink, but I, okay, you, all right, you can't go into the Smithsonian. Big deal. Democrats, Republicans do not want to change the debt ceiling. Essentially what they're going to do, they're going to force the Democrats hand. They're going to make the Democrats own this, this debt. Because here's the reality. If you raise the debt ceiling and then you push in $6 trillion, you're at the debt ceiling again. And Republicans, all of them, Mitch McConnell's even saying it, there's not one senator that is going to go for the debt ceiling, is, is going to pass this bill, or is going to agree to raise the debt ceiling. Now, supposedly the House, they have an agreement, but um, they, they, of course they got 10 squishy Republicans, but outside of that, it's not getting through the Senate. Um, they could try and pass all these bills via reconciliation, and that would mean it bypasses the filibuster and would require only a majority vote to get that $3.5 trillion piece of garbage through. Here's the whole problem with that. Democrats lost Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. They're not going to vote for it. They've said they're not going to vote for it. They think it's extremely irresponsible. So even if they do put it in reconciliation and get rid of the filibuster, it's probably not going to get through. Um, this is going to be a huge loss for the Biden administration. It's amazing to think that it only took a year and Biden actually has a dead presidency. He is a lame duck president. He can't even get his bill passed. He needed this bill to save his presidency. And now, no, it's looking very unlikely. Even reporters are asking, what are you going to do when this thing doesn't pass? So, chow baby, as far as I'm concerned. By the way, um, I, I deserve some props here. Uh, I love being right. And I especially... When I'm right two days after my prediction, I think that's awesome. So you remember a couple of days ago with this border crisis and them allowing 12, 13,000 illegal immigrants into the country. I said, well, what's going to end up happening is a bunch of states are going to start taking the Biden administration to court and say, you can't drop them off in our state. We don't want any 12,000 Haitians. Texas is not going to want to, and they're probably going to take them to court. Yep, well, DeSant Ron DeSantis of Florida has already filed a lawsuit. Um, the following three actions were taken in a statement. First, the Governor DeSantis, and I'm reading this. First, Governor DeSantis has issued an executive order, 21-223, to prohibit all Florida agencies under the purview of the governor from facilitating illegal immigration into Florida unless otherwise required by the federal or state law and require the collection of information from state officials on the scope and cost of illegal immigration in Florida. The second... Governor DeSantis announced the appointment of Larry Keefe, a former U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Florida, as a public safety czar to ensure that the actions directed by the executive order are carried out. And finally, Governor DeSantis and Attorney General Moody announced that Florida has filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration challenging its catch-and-release policy. So there you go. I'm right. I'm awesome. You should listen to this podcast tomorrow. All right, so, well, I'm not going to be on tomorrow, but there's another thing uh, 
that's happening this week, and it is the hearings on this about this Afghanistan debacle. Uh, the three people that are actually that actually sat in front of the Senate yesterday, and they are sitting in front of the House today, are Army General Mark Milley, United States Military Central Command uh, General Kenneth McKenzie, and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Um, now there were a couple of interesting revelations. First off. The first one is that Mark Milley released a statement about his alleged attempt to deride President Trump's presidency. Uh, you remember, it's something I didn't talk about because um, we really don't have any information on it. Well, after his statement yesterday, guess what? We really don't have any information on it. One thing he did admit was that he did talk to China twice, but he said he did it under all the proper, proper protocols. And he did talk to Nancy Pelosi, and Nancy Pelosi was talking to him about Trump's mental state. And she did it twice. So he made a statement that basically said, listen, I did nothing illegal. He had no intention to usurp President Trump. Um, so you know what I learned from his statement? And I was going to read it, but I decided there's no point in reading it because it doesn't really say anything. Um I didn't learn anything from the statement. He doesn't deny anything. He admits nothing. The only It only says that he followed communication protocols. Now, what is disturbing and what we did find out is that Miley spent a lot of time being interviewed by the press. Uh, Bob Woodward, for example, who wrote that book. I can't remember what the book's called. I'm not going to read it. I almost picked it up at... Um, at Costco yesterday, but it was like 600 pages long. And Bob Woodward, he's really like reading. and He's like watching, reading. He's, just, he's, he's very long-winded. So I wasn't interested in reading 600 pages of Bob Woodward. Um, but a lot of this stuff should have been kept private. He shouldn't have said anything to anybody. As far as I'm concerned, that is enough for him to resign. If he tried to, if if there's any evidence that he actually tried to usurp President Trump, yeah, he should resign or be fired. But simply because he actually talked to the press the way he did about private conversations, that's enough for him to resign and be fired. I I, I just don't understand what it is. The other revelation we got out of this whole thing was the fact that. Uh, the Biden administration has basically been saying there are only about 100 Americans left, and visa holders, excuse me, left in Afghanistan. And it's probably true that most don't want to leave. But whenever press, nobody seemed to know what the real numbers were. were. Well, uh, word has come out that there might be, in fact, 4,000 Americans and visa holders still left in Afghanistan. And that they do want to get out, but they can't. When asked about this, Austin said, I personally don't believe there are 4,000 American citizens still left in Afghanistan. But he wasn't sure. In other words, he doesn't know. I can be pretty sure that if he doesn't know, neither does the Biden administration. And maybe they should get, go out of their way not telling everyone, well, there are only like 48 people in Afghanistan right now. So we're the Biden administration for all the transparency they were supposed to have, 
they're not real transparent. And they're not real transparent. You know, here's something wild and crazy say, we don't know. We're trying to figure it out. Instead of, no, there's like 12 people there. But that isn't even the big story from this uh, uh, hearing yesterday. The big story is Biden might have gotten caught. So we all know that Biden is a liar. And, well, I know he's a liar. He lies constantly. He had to leave a presidential campaign before because he lied. You know, he plagiarized his own deal. He plagiarized one of his speeches. And if you're listening to this, you know he's a liar too. He's just he's just an absolute liar. I, unfortunately, the only people who actually call him out on his lying are some conservative outlets and a bunch of podcasters. But while Austin, Miley, and Mackenzie are under oath, the truth came out, and the truth is that basically it proves that Joe Biden is an effing liar. The big question everyone wanted answered during this thing is, what advice did Biden actually get? What they're trying to do is they're trying to find out if this is Joe Biden's mess, or did someone give him really bad advice that created this mess in uh, Afghanistan? After listening to Miley and McKenzie, we find out that Biden does own this whole thing. Listen. General Milley, it's your testimony that you recommended 2,500 troops uh, approximately stay in Afghanistan? Um, as I've said many times before this committee and other committees, I don't share my personal recommendations to the president, but I can tell you my personal opinion and my assessment if that's what you want. Yes, please. Um, yes, my assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout, that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that, uh, in order to move toward a negotiated gated solution. Did you, present, did you ever present that assessment personally to President Biden? I don't discuss exactly what uh, my conversations are with the sitting president in the Oval Office, but I can tell you what my personal opinion was, and I'm okay. always candid. General McKenzie, do you share that assessment? Senator, I do share that assessment. Um, did you ever present that opinion personally to President Biden? Again, I'm not going to be able to comment on those executive discussions. Did General Miller ever present that opinion personally to President Biden? I think it would be best to ask him. I believe that his opinion was well heard. Uh, Secretary Austin, uh, President Biden last month in an interview with George Stephanopoulos said that no military leader advised him to leave a small troop presence in Afghanistan. Is that true? Okay, some things here. Both Wiley and McKenzie said they agreed that keeping troops in Afghanistan and apparently... So did General Miller, who is a ground officer. He was actually in Afghanistan ordering troops around. So they all said they should keep 2,500. Millie actually said, we should probably raise it to 3,500, but Trump said no. I love that they're giving cover to the president, by the way, by saying, well, we can't really discuss it. Well, here, here's a big problem. Um, you can't discuss things that were said to the president because that's private and stuff like they didn't have a problem doing it with Trump, but they do here. Um, here, here's the big problem: is they are also saying the president did know 
which means they knew he knew, which means they probably did tell him. So, you know, here's the whole thing. They're talking about what uh, the senator is talking about is what George Biden actually, what Joe Biden actually did tell George Stephanopoulos, who, by the way, is a Clinton communications director at one point, and he did work for Hillary Clinton's campaign. So you may not remember what old Joe said. Well, that God bless the Internet, because here's what Joe said. But your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That, that wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not, at, not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame, all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Okay, so Joe Biden already contradicts himself in like one sentence. He says, well, they were kind of split. And then he said, no one told him at all that he could recall. There is a thing right there that I can recall. What is what Joel Joe is giving himself away out of this whole mess saying, well, I didn't really lie. I just didn't recall. Now, this usually could be. And by the way, Stephanopoulos really does try to get Biden out of this. Stephanopoulos knows what's going on. He's a reporter. He's a very good reporter. He's also worked for past administrations. So he knows what's going on here. And he's basically, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? He's trying to give Biden a way out. By the way, no one would do that for Trump. They would tear Trump down right off the bat. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. I mean, look at the, um, the, the 60 Minutes interview he had with them. So they tear him apart left and right. But Joe just doesn't really have an answer, and he knows he'd be contradicting himself, even though he contradicted himself in one sentence. So I can't recall. So here's the question. Is it because he can't recall because he's mentally compromised or he's trying to hide himself from a lie? It's one of the two. There's not a heck of a lot of... of a gray area there. You're either lying or and you don't want to get caught later on or you really can't recall because you're mentally deficient. So right here, Secretary Austin, because you heard the question a few seconds ago, he's actually caught. So he's cornered. So he has to give some sort of answer. Here it is. Is that true? Uh, Senator Cotton, I, uh, I believe that, uh, well, first of all, I, I know the president to be an honest and forthright man. Uh, and Just, secondly... It's a, it's a simple question, Secretary Austin. He said no senior military leader advised him to leave a small troop presence behind. Is that true or not? Did these officer and General Miller's recommendations get to the president personally? Their input was, uh, was received by the president and considered by the president, uh, for sure. Uh, in terms of what they specifically recommended, Senator, they just, as they just said, uh, they're not going to provide uh, what they recommended in confidence. 
I mean, it sounds to me, this is, it's shocking to me, it sounds to me like maybe their best military advice was never presented personally to the President of the United States about such a highly consequential matter. Okay, a couple things with that statement. I hate when politicians do this. They do it all the time. No one asked uh, Austin whether Biden was honest or not. Did he know about the recommendations directly from the generals or not? That's what he was asking him. Because if he did know, then uh, he ignored them. And he owns this mess. If he didn't know about it, then it comes to another. Did he not remember? Did you guys not tell him? And then you, Miley and McKenzie get a problem because now they're kind of looking at perjury charges. Yeah, well, no one's going to go be perjured for the president. Finally, notice all these guys say the same thing. We can't say what we said to the president because of privacy, blah, 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 blah. This, for, for Austin, this was a, this was a way out. And he seemed to be searching for that way out. And then he remembered it. It popped into his head. Oh, wait a minute. I can't talk about what I talked with the president. And then he was able to back out like a little girl. That might be sexist. How about a child? If the president asked for a recommendation and that was their recommendation, those generals, that was the recommendation they gave. And Austin is saying they gave them the recommendation to the president. Then the president knew of the recommendations and did what he wanted anyway. If he did what he wanted against the recommendations of his Defense Department staff, then he owns this. He can't blame Trump. That's essentially the problem. They're caught between a rock and a hard place. Austin McKenzie and Miley do not want to get nailed for perjury. They're not going to save Joe Biden for it. Hey, Biden wasn't listening to anyone. Let's call it what it is. He did what he wanted and damn the consequences. Even if those consequences means that 13 soldiers are dead, a couple of hundred Afghans are dead and injured, and we left 4,000 Americans and visa holders behind. He didn't care. And that's what it comes down to. We see that he didn't care in this final clip when old Joe didn't bother asking the military what to do when Kabul fell for 10 days after Kabul fell. This is, this is an important clip, too. Listen. Let me move on to another recommendation they are reported to have made. General Milley, uh, Joe Biden has said that it was the unanimous, the unanimous recommendation of the Joint Chiefs that we not maintain a military presence beyond August 31st. We've heard testimony to that effect today as well. When was that unanimous recommendation sought and presented to the president? You're talking about the 31 August? Yes, the 31 August yeah. deadline so, for getting so out of here. So on 25 August, I was asked to make an assessment and provide best military advice on... I'm sorry, my time is limited here. Okay. You just get, you gave me the answer that I needed to hear. August 25th? That's correct. Kabul right. fell on August 15th. That's correct. You were not asked before right. August 25th? 16th. On August 25th, I was asked to provide best military assessment as whether we should keep military forces past the 31st. Secretary Austin... Was anybody asked before August 25th if we should keep troops at the Kabul airport? 
this is uh, the president tasked us to to make to provide an assessment on whether or not uh, we should extend our, our presence uh, beyond August 31st. And as General Milley just said, that assessment was uh, was made. We tasked him to make that assessment on the 25th, and uh, he came back and provided his best military advice. Secretary, Kabul fell on August 15th. It was clear that we had thousands of Americans. It was clear to members of this committee who were getting phone calls that we had thousands of Americans in Afghanistan behind Taliban lines on August 15th. And it took 10 days to ask these general officers if we should extend our presence. I suspect the answer might be a little different if you were asking them 16 days out, not five days out. The reality is Joe, old Joe didn't care. He was hoping this would go away. He didn't know where this was going. He was going to get out of Afghanistan period. He did not think this was going to have the blowback it did. And it did. And I, I talk a lot about him being senile and mentally deficient, which he is, but that's not what happened here. Joe Biden made a decision. Now, his mental deficiency and his senility may have had something to do with his decision-making, but Joe Biden has made bad decisions his entire career, his entire 60-year career. So let's, let's conclude this a little bit. This whole thing, this is what we learned yesterday. Not even today. Today, I didn't think it was any worse than uh, for the, in the House than it was yesterday. I think they were a little more vicious. I thought the Democrats were terrible, but it wasn't any worse than it was. But this was Biden's screw-up, period. He made the decisions, and he made those decisions against his general's advice, period. That doesn't mean Miley and McKenzie shouldn't be fired. They should definitely be fired. Joe Biden lied about the status of what is happening in Afghanistan before and after the fall. He has lied about the number of Americans there. He has lied about the advice he'd been given. All to protect his own ass. The leadership in his administration is not going to take it, not going to take the gunshot here. They are going to protect their own butts. And they're going to sit back and say, listen, uh, yeah, no, we did. They're not going to lie for them. This isn't going to be an Oliver North thing from the Reagan era because the the people Oliver North believed what he was doing was right whether he lied to Congress or not I think he was convicted of lying to Congress but the fact of the matter is he believed in what he was doing these guys no they didn't believe what he was doing they told him they didn't believe in what he was doing and they're not going to take the blame for any of this stuff all three of those guys said they're not they're not quitting. They're not resigning. This is all on Joe Biden and only on Joe Biden. He can't even point to his defense secretary. Finally, Joe Biden is going to have to come clean on some things. One, did he get the recommendations? And if he did, why did he ignore them? Why did he ignore them? These questions aren't going to go away. Two, did you not get the recommendations? And if you didn't get those recommendations, why aren't these guys all fired? And number three, do you actually remember getting the recommendations? 
Now, that may seem like a big joke. It's not. Because you've got to question Joe's competency right now. I think old Joe's in some big freaking trouble. And I don't think this is going away. Okay, the last story. I, I, I am just amazed by this. Okay, I think the Daily Wire hit it right on the mark when they came out with their opening statement on their article. It said this, Scientific American, that is the science magazine, founded in 1845, has published such brilliant minds as Albert Einstein, Linus Pauling, and J. Robert Oppenheimer, and explored subjects as diverse as perpetual motion and solar neutrinos. These days, however, the magazine is concerning itself with somewhat different topics, like how problematic the fictional space warriors known as Jedi are. <sighs> yep, the Jedi Order is racist. The title for the piece pretty much sums it up. Quote, why the term Jedi is problematic for describing programs that promote justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. The Jedi are inappropriate mascots for social justice. Jesus Christ, please help us. According to this piece, there are four reasons why the Jedi, like Obi-Wan, Luke, and Yoda, are problems. Uh, here they are. The Jedi, quote, the first one, the Jedi are religious order of intergalactic, intergalactic police monks prone to white saviorism and toxically masculine approaches to conflict resolution, violent duels with phallic lightsabers, gaslighting by means of Jedi mind tricks, etc. Okay, so the police are bad thing. I got why police monks. Um, white saviorism? There's literally, like, no white people in... I mean, besides Luke and Obi-Wan, you also have... Um, you also have Yoda, who is the head of the Jedi Council, who is a three-foot green person. You also have a Qui-Gon. I can't remember what his name is. I'd have to look at it. But the guy who Samuel L. Jackson played in the movie, he is in the second in command for uh, the Jedi. And he's black. So I'm not exactly sure... Where they're coming up with that, that's Mace Windu, who, by the way, who I'm talking about. And last I checked, not only was there Mace Windu, but you also had Lando Calrissian who worked with the Jedi, though he was not a Jedi. So, okay. Uh, all right. Not to mention Princess Leia was a Jedi, too. And then you had other people like Asoa Katana, who was a Jedi. You had female uh, Barris Offrey, who was a Jedi. She was a female. He had a bunch of people that were Jedis. Okay, number two, that's a problem. Star Wars argue, arguably conflates alienness and non-whiteness, often seeming to rely on racist stereotypes when depicting non-human species. All right, well, I mean... Alienness with non-whiteness? Well, the fact of the matter is the number one in the Jedi Council was Yoda. He was an alien. Small alien. And number two was uh, uh, Mace Windu, who was black. So right off the bat, we're going to have a problem with this. 
and rely on racist stereotypes. Okay, that's just what do you call it? Bad, bad uh, casting. I mean, yeah, it, it, some of it is kind of they use stereotypes, but they're trying to. You, you got to understand, we're trying to create different races and species based on something that makes the species different. And sometimes we have limits as to what we think about as far as what would make some... It could be an accent. It could be a certain look. But that's more of a casting thing. Okay, the third is the franchise franchise's, uh, franchise's cultural footprint can be tracked in the saga of United States military industrial investment and expansion. From debates around Reagan's Star Wars Strategic Defense Initiative to the planned Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure. I, I, okay. Um, I don't know. When I watch Star Wars and I watch them waving their lightsabers around, by the way, I, I, the, phallic light, the phallic lightsabers thing I didn't hit up, uh, you know who also you need to sit there and say that uh, that piece of crap Joan of Arc was a sexist because she waved a sword and that's what a lightsaber is. It's just a sword. I don't think when George Lucas wrote this thing, phallic symbols is what he was going for. But what do I know? As far as this thing, um, okay. I, I don't know what to even say to that. Seems like kind of a stretch. By the way, does any of this seem like science? Or does it seem like social justice? Does it seem like sociology? Which, by the way, isn't a science. Psychology, maybe. But then you, you don't look at the characters of Star Wars and think of them. You think of George Lucas, who invented it. And by the way, then you have to go back about 100 years for the Japanese samurai films that George Lucas watched, which Star Wars was based on. So to sit back and say that this is comparable to whiteness and stuff like that is asinine because it wasn't based on films that were by white people. Finally, those unfamiliar or uncomfortable with Star Wars. Uh, unfamiliar or uncomfortable? Really? What is there to be uncomfortable with Star Wars for? Now, granted, there are no transgenders in Star Wars. That could be disturbing to some people. But unfamiliar, which means you haven't seen it, or uncomfortable, which I'm not understanding. That doesn't make sense. Okay, continuing. Including those hurt by the messages it sends may feel alienated by the parade of jokes, puns, and references surrounding the term Jedi. Um, I don't know what they're talking about. No, I, those last two don't even make sense to me. But again, this is not science. This is sociology. This might be some psychology, but this social justice crap. Remember I told you that eventually what they're going to have to do to, to push this racism thing, how bad white people are, they're going to have to destroy the culture. Well, this is, and they're going to have to find things to accuse of being racist. And that's what this is doing. It's killed two birds with one stone. One, we found something else that we can call racist, even though... <laughs> you'd have to have seen the Star Wars movies and you'd have to know something about where the idea George Lucas 
where the idea came from that George Lucas used. George Lucas based Star Wars on a samurai film from the 1970s. It wasn't even white. It was a samurai film. You have to ignore the fact that the top Jedis were a three-foot green alien and a black man. You'd have to ignore the fact that if lightsabers are considering considered phallic, then you'd have to sit back and say anyone who used a sword, including Joan of Arc, has uh, sex, uh, sexism issues because swords are phallic. This is really basically reading into something. It's creating a conflict. And I think the people here who wrote this thing, who I'm not going to even bother with, they need to actually maybe see the films because I don't think social justice was really one of the goals. Okay, that's it. We'll talk to you on Friday. I'm off tomorrow. <clears throat> Visit dumbassestalkingpolitics.com if you want to take a look at my show notes, my links, videos, audios. Have a great day. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.